Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello, magic folk, and welcome to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. I am Matt Olson. Over there we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? And then today we have the very tardy, Janky Boggle. Oh, come on. I wasn't that bad. I'll You're throw you under late. the bus right now. I don't care. <laughs> You're a week late plus a couple hours. <sighs> fine, fine. This is what happens when Boggles doesn't have hasty enchantments. Hey, or a watch. It just it won't stay on. Gotta, oh, man. I have no, I have no idea how to help a boggle with that, at all. If a, a normal watch can't stand, you can't keep a smartwatch on, then that can at least read you the time. Stay around a clock, my arm, all the time. My arm's just too slippery. Are boggles smart enough to actually read a clock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say no. <laughs> Since, since they have to be enchanted to do anything. <laughs> this is episode number 51. Uh, let's see. Lost my place there for a bit. Uh, before we jump into the breakdown, I want us to all take a... Or words. Hard. Laughing. Okay. I want us all to uh, acknowledge J-Dub Sports Card and Gaming of Fargo, North Dakota. As our glorious sponsor of this podcast. Located in the West Acres Mall, they have loads of magic products at a very great deal. You can check them out online, or you can give Josh a call. He'll answer any of your questions. Their, sig- their singles are wide and amazing. They also have a bunch of new double masters in their case. So if you're looking for singles, hit up Josh. See what they got. I actually... Pulled or I picked up a uh, Cyclonic Rift Borderless from them. Whale. Calm down. Last thing about J-Dubs before we move on to the breakdown. They can also assist you for getting your cards graded through Beckett or PSA. Link to their website in the description below where you can fill out an application. Uh, then you hand in your card to Josh. They send it in at a regular interval and you get it graded. You get it back. It's super cheaper than... Trying to do it yourself. I still need to get my uh, Mox Diamond graded. Well, go do it. And then you can no, give us an experience. Box is technically already opened. So, because I don't have the Selfie. wrap on it. Yeah. So I'd, but my cards are, my Chrome Mox is still in its plastic. Because the top three are all um, sealed in their own package, so or maybe, or is it all 15 that are packaged sim- separately in the vaults? You're the one with the product, uh, yeah. I haven't, oh, I haven't taken them out of the plastic that's holding them, so I can't remember if they're all 15 individually packed or if they're. The 12 that are not shown are packed in one pack. 
are wrapped in one pack. Well, it's Dan- been a while since I've used our open the vault. Right, yeah, you're the one that got like from the Vault Angels and Annihilation. Yep. But here we are deviating it's been again. A while. <laughs> the breakdown. <laughs> let's go to that breakdown. Yeah, let's please. Let's let's get this on the road. Finally. We're starting off with the event results at the Boggle Desk. We're gonna talk about Red Bull Untapped and then talk about the Mythic Qual er, not Mythic Mythic Qualifier, Mythic Invitational as an upcoming event. Uh, from there, we have a BNR update. Danny will take that away, and then he'll lead us into Blogatog of the week. And we have some news on some Command Fest stuff, new draft format, Zendikar, Commander Legends, Commander Collection Green. From there, we close, or we don't close off. We're not closing off yet. We go to the finance section where we talk prices because we're greedy Magic players, and then after that. We go to the favorite segment of Deck of the Week, where we have another Wade 97 special. Thank you, Wade 97. And then we close out the podcast so y'all can go home and do your other things. I think they're already home, probably already doing other things, and they're just having us in the background for noise. Are you telling me that you're being a creep there, Danny? We are happy that we are the background noise of your day. We'll take it. (laughs) Please. Let us be the background noise. <laughs> so from there, we pass it over to the Boggle Desk with JB. Our uh, past events, we've got Red Bull untapped. Keeping that in. <laughs> okay, that totally made a big mess. <laughs> it got everywhere. <laughs> Boggles like to be damp, though, so you're good. Right. I imagine your desk is nothing but, like, mucus. Right? It is a little bit. (laughs) That's never going to get old. That was was pretty good, though. You got to admit, that's pretty sweet. That was great timing. I waited. I waited to open that thing, too, just for that reason. There's no post-recording editing on that. Anybody out there, it was all JB and his perfect timing. Right? Yeah. No, no, not Bush. Pretty sure it's trademarked. <laughs> ah, nah. Miles will be cool with that. <laughs> Trademark. Never miss it. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so on our Red Bull untapped event, looks like Michael Bond won it with Rakdos Agro. Oh, so refreshing not to see a bunch of ramp decks winning and running rampant. Oh, but wait. Rounding out our top eight, we have Saltai Ramp, Azorius Control, Saltai Tempo, Mono Green Aggro, Saltai Ramp, Saltai Ramp, and Saltai Ramp. Wow. The ramp is real, folks. The ramp is real. So it looks like that'll do it for our event results. I know, COVID sucks. Ruins all our fun. Anyway, so we got some upcoming events. We have the 2020 Mythic Invitational. So it's going to be coming up on the 10th through the 13th of September. 
Day one is September 10th. Starts at 9 a.m. Day two is September 11th. Starts at 9 a.m. Top eight is going to be the 12th and the 13th at 9 a.m. And only players remaining in the top eight need to check in on the 13th for competition. All times are listed in Seattle local time, so it's Pacific Daylight Time. Format is going to be Historic Constructed on Arena. Players must submit historic legal decks via MTG Melee Tournament page no later than September 6th at 11.59 p.m. So for the following players are allowed to compete in the 2020 Mythic Invitational. You have all the MPL and Rivals League members, all players who earn qualification to the canceled May 2020 and July 2020 Mythic Invitational events, including all 10 win competitors from January, March, May, June Mythic Qualifiers, the DreamHack Anaheim Arena Open Champion, all competitors who earned a quarter one 2020 leaderboard invitation based on Mythic points earned in the January-March Mythic qualifiers, as well as the February Mythic Point Challenge. Um, discretionary invitations, there's four that are determined by Wizards of the Coast. Competitors invited to the next season of the Rivals League based on total Mythic points earned for the 2020 partial season. And the next top eight Mythic Point leaderboard competitors not already invited to the Mythic Invitational based on Mythic Points earned in the 2020 season. So it sounds like there's going to be a lot of people invited. Also, invitations cannot be deferred as no future Mythic Invitational events will be scheduled in 2020. So there's something to note. And let's jump into the prizes. See what kind of money we're playing for. So the top 16 players will earn invitations to the 2020 season grand finals. There is a $250,000 prize pool, which is going to be rewarded to people based on their final standing in the tournament. First place, you get 10 grand. Second place, 7,000. Third place, 6,500. Fourth place, 6,000. Uh, fifth and sixth, 5,000. And seventh and eighth is four grand. So not bad. And it looks like cash is paid out down to 82nd through 162nd. You get 1,000. So not bad. Ooh, and look at this. So each qualified player will be provided access to an account on Arena stocked with four copies of each standard legal card as well as enough wild cards and gems to craft necessary historic legal cards. The account may be used by the player to prepare for and is required to be used to participate in the Mythic Invitational. Isn't that nice? Gotta love being a pro. Right? And I think that'll do it for our upcoming events. Um, there's also random SCG challenges going on all the time. Um, if you want to play online, check them out. Go have fun. Um, and with that, I think we might have a BNR today. So we I'll turn do. it over to Danny. We do indeed have a BNR. So just before this invitation, Field of the Dead is banned in Historic. We'll go on to what? 
I guess Watsy said in this BNR announcement. Um, Watsy goes on and states, Field of the Dead has been a powerful force in historic for much of its format's life. While its overall win rate is rarely at the top, its matchups are extremely polarized. In particular, its high win rate against slower decks have been has made the format as a whole lean more towards aggressive strategies. This effect scales with the ubiquity of Field of the Dead decks. Recent sets have given the decks several powerful additions, including Cultivate, Explore, and most recently, Hour of Promise. As a result of this, we have seen both the popularity and win rate of Field of the Dead decks steadily climb, and it is currently one of the most played best of one decks and by far the most popular best of three deck. Having watched the progress of this deck closely, we feel that this trend is unlikely to change. We also feel that Field of the Dead is unlikely to be a healthy part of the format anytime soon, so suspension is the wrong approach. In order to bring a great diversity to the historic meta, Field of the Dead is banned. Good. Good riddance. Yeah, I've I ran into a few decks because historic is all I play on arena. Usually, it's and is also best of ones all I ever play. Um, but with the new shrine decks, mm-hmm. Field of the Dead is the win con. It seems like in that deck. Um, I know in the growth spiral deck, Field of the Dead was in that. Um, but yeah, it's once, once I have that land, okay, we'll just start going off with Field of the Dead. Right. When they have four of them out there, it's like, okay, well. Great. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing too. It's not legendary, which makes it even worse. You put out fucking four copies of it and you're. Right. Drop one land, yeah. get four, two shoe zombies. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They kind of missed a ball on that. I feel like it should have been a legendary land. Yeah, it should have been. Um, and then usually this deck has a Defiri, so it's like, oh, Defiri, okay, my shit's not bounced. I lost game. Great. But I, I'm I'm extremely happy for Field of the Dead to be gone. Right. Um, it's never a fun card to stare at across the board. Well, definitely not. Especially when there's no way, well, I guess there's ways, but not many of getting rid of land. No, land destruction isn't uh, very prevalent in Historic, I don't think. No. No, it is not. So this week's blog top of the week comes from Pac Mantis. He asked, Is that initially bad reception for Johnny the reason Gideon ended up taking his place as the main white planeswalker? Mark replies, No. Ajani just shifted to a green-white, and we wanted to make a mono-white Planeswalker to form the Gatewatch. So that would be a little good history for looking to the knowledge or thought process of the Gatewatch. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> Gideon is arguably mono-white, where Ajani is totally green-white. Mm-hmm. Hasn't he been another color too on top of that? Gideon? Or, wasn't he uh, red Ajani, white? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wasn't he red white once? Ajani once Vengeance. That was his old self though when um 
if I'm not mistaken, when that all happened, um, Ajani lost his brother in a fight with Nicol Bolas on Alara, and that's why he was venge- he was looking for vengeance. Not of Orthos. Sorry, all of Orthos out there. But moving along. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. So first up, in the news quickies, I know a while back we talked about it, but uh, those plushies uh, from WizKids are now available for pre-order. Uh, Magic the Gathering Funny. P-H-U-N-N-Y, where they have a Nicol Bolas, a Johnny, a Chandra, and a Garouk. All are pre-selling at 12 bucks. Link in the description down below if you want one. I might pick up that Nikki B, though. You would. Fangirl. Right? You're a whale and a fangirl. What the hell? Leave me alone. <laughs> was that was was that too orky? My whale's a little rusty. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so we have another secret layer drop that was announced. Woohoo! <laughs> this one is every dog has its day. It is dog-themed. So you get an alternate art ancient grudge, an alternate art dig through time, alternate art lightning greaves, and an alternate art rest in peace. And now they're doing something different with this. They're offering it in two different editions. You can either get regular for $29.99 or you can get the foil edition for $39.99. It will so it all depends on whether or not you want them shiny. It is coming. It is coming, becoming available. Um, it'll be available by the time this podcast comes out. Go check the link below. Yep. Current timer right now is sitting at one day, 14 hours, 13 minutes, and 25 seconds. Oh, no, no. no. You also get the, the standard single-use code for... Arena sleeves and unique code for a copy on MTGO. Little side note with this as well. All these dogs are Wizards of the Coast employees dogs that have been put into the art here. Fun fact. Oh, snap. Nice, nice. Unfortunately, I did not save the link for or uh, remember exactly where they got their names or like who when they introduced them. Uh, it was a video. I'm pretty sure it was on uh, Weekly MTG that they mentioned that. So over the weekend, we had the Command Fest 2 hosted by Channel Fireball. It was Team Cats versus Team Dogs. And we have Team Dogs winning with a score of 1,457 points. To the Team Cats total of 1,398. So going over the weekend, uh, to start off, you always chose your team. 
you stated how powerful a deck you're playing. They formed up, I guess, matches. Um, and then during those matches, they had, or for those matches, they had different challenges going on where you, depending on the power level of your deck, um, you got, I guess, Matt and I, we both played like a power seven. So we automatically got two points for playing. It was a point for each person that you eliminated personally. And then a, was it a point for winning? Two points for being the last person standing in that pod. So uh, two, two points for winning then. Yeah, the, yep, this was uh, power ranking seven and above. Had yep. that layout, uh, power ranking one to six had a different one where there was like extra themes and stuff that you could do. I can't remember those because we didn't play in those. Exactly. But... And and they changed periodically, so it was it was fun. Um, pull up the freaking announcement from Discord. Um, Channel Fireball. So this event was a free event to participate in. There was a five dollar donation suggestion. Um. This all went to the NAACP LDF Foundation. Um, this weekend's event raised $6,253.38 for this foundation. Um, so that's a, one a lot of people either just donating or a few that are donating a lot. But either way, congratulations, guys. It was a great event to be part of, and I hope they host another one soon. Again, for those who missed it, just hope for the new one, or for the next one, I should say. And uh, if you have the opportunity even just playing one game, do it. It's pretty fun. It's Commander. Never go wrong. It was definitely super fun. I'm excited for the next one. Yep. And now Matt, I think, has something about this new format that's uh that's been announced yes there is a new format that wizards is announcing as of today august 24th from their main site ali Steele wrote a very in-depth article on a new format for drafting specifically on arena called no it's not arena it's uh, MTGO. Oh, my God. Getting all that confused. It was online. You'll figure it out. Jesus, people. <laughs> Get it right, Matt. I know. We have a job to do. It's on MTGO, not Arena. I'm sorry. It's or called... Just and just redo it. No. Right? No, that's staying. It's too good. It's too good. How does Supreme draft? The draft format is called Supreme. And the gist of this is you get a bunch of packs. You make two picks per pack, uh, 18 packs specifically. Okay, so Supreme Draft, go into the details. It's on MTGO. You'll join a draft league, same as you would any other. When you join a draft queue, it will launch immediately because you're drafting solo. You'll be presented with a full pack of cards, just like a double master's draft. You'll pick two cards, then submit your pick. You'll then get another full pack of cards, pick two of these, then submit. Repeat this process until you've drafted 36 cards from 18 packs. 
Once you have your picks, you'll build a 40-card deck with the cards you drafted plus as many basic lands as you want. After completing your deck, you'll play in a draft league just like you would any other. Uh, so this is a crazy new thing that's happening on there. A couple uh, caveats as well. Uh, the first event that they're doing for the Supreme Draft launch weekend is called the Ravnik Stravaganza, featuring a cluster of eight sets from Ravnica that feature the guilds. So it is strictly Ravnica, City of Guilds, Guild Pack, Dissension, Return to Ravnica, Gate Crash, Dragon's Maze, Guilds of Ravnica, and Ravnica Allegiance. There is no War of the Spark at this time for this Ravnica. Ravnistigranza. Woof. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> so Do it, I dare you. No. <laughs> um one of the reasons for your Supreme drafting format is to allow people to get, you know, more crazy chaosy style decks and be able to like really hone in, craft on uh specific deck styles and rev Personally, right now, I believe that Ravnica was a good first start. There's a lot of sets for that. They all have a very common theme. You got the you got the guilds to build off of, which is one of the things that they commented on of why they chose the Ravnica uh, Ravnica sets as the first one to do for Supreme Draft. So uh, they do plan to continue this forward here. So Supreme Drafts will make a heck of a chaos draft. If you all remember, Chaos Draft is going from now until the middle of September. I don't have that date pulled off or pulled up right now, but I'm sure we mentioned it last week or the week before about Chaos Draft. So that's going on. And that was one of the things that helped push this. <laughs> Just getting ripping open 18 packs, picking the two best cards. So that way you can like keep a strong synergy style deck built. Um they were talking about how one of the biggest things to implement Supreme Draft was the whole server maintenance and updating that it would take to allow that, but it worked very well with Double Masters Draft because y'all remember, Double Masters Draft, you can pick two off your first pack, and that kind of like helped open the door and stuff for them to like start implementing the rest of this stuff, and the rest is history right now. So first off, it's the Ravnus, Ravnid... Ravnica Stranza. Woof. Words are hard. After that, there's going to be the fan favorite high synergy of Modern Horizons, where you will supreme draft 18 packs of Modern Horizon. Um, so first off, the Ravnica event is going from August 26th, so Wednesday. You guys will hear this before it comes out, until September 2nd. All MTGO players that are in for this, do it up. Uh, the entry op, uh, entry payment is 10 tickets, 10 ticks or a hundred play points. Uh, you draft, then you go in best of three matches, uh, at your convenience. They have a prize structure here as well. You get three wins, you get 150 play points, two qualifier points, a friendly trophy and a treasure chest. Two wins, you get a hundred play points. One win, you get 50 play points. That's a pretty good deal, because then you can keep doing that. Uh, one other thing as well, the Supreme Drafts are Phantom Drafts. You don't get to keep the cards at this point. Maybe at some point in the future they'll change that, but right now. So uh, I mentioned 
Modern Horizons, so the schedule for that will be September 2nd to September 9th. One week intervals to try this out and see how things go. If you're into drafting and want to try a crazy awesome event like this, do it up. Um, One more thing as well with this. This can be something done in person as well over something like Spell Table. It was another way to uh, allow fewer people to draft to have packs because you could you draft by yourself. You just have 18 packs. You open them up. You take two cards, pass it along, open up your other pack. Well, you don't pass it along. You just set it off to the side, open another pack, draw two. So there's multiple ways to do this, but online gives you a good shot. 10 ticks, 10 bucks. Yeah, because one tick is a dollar, right, JB? Yep. Yeah, so it doesn't seem too bad to give it a shot. It's Phantom. I don't know if that's that big of a deal, but we got it. It's a new format. Thank you, Wizards. So much for being a quickie. I know. I went into that a little more than I thought. But it's done and over with. On to the next one. Tell it who. Pitter patter. Okay, so looks like Wizards made a tweet with a little teaser trailer for the actual trailer of Zendikar Rising. Said Zendikar will rise September 1st, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Yep. I hate how they do the fucking PT and then PDT. Like, isn't it the same fucking thing? Yep. Oh, that annoys me. Damn time zones. So 8 a.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash magic. Be sure or be there. MTG Zendikar. It's a pretty sweet little teaser trailer. Uh, if you watch it, it's just a serene little landscape, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> fucking land just falls in the middle of nowhere. It's crazy. A bunch of people are speculating that it's the confirmation for landfall. Yes. Or just something massively huge destroying everything. Right? Eldrazi leftovers, maybe? There's no Eldrazi in here. Calm down, everybody. It's been confirmed. Brexians, maybe? Mm-hmm. They just make things go dark. I don't think they'd no. earthquake everything. No. The whole thing with this is... I got nothing really to speculate on it. I mean, the fact that land is falling from the sky seems like a pretty good call that landfall is coming back. There is a lotus at the uh, primarily through this video. I know there's an enchantment that gets quest counters and you can search for lands. It's a commander staple. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it looks like that flower, so maybe that's getting a reprint. Only what I about uh, Garouk doing some crazy Garouk shit? Well, there's no Garouk in Zendikar. They only have three Planeswalkers confirmed. Well, three Planeswalkers only in Zendikar. Nissa, Nahiri, and Jace. Well, we all know it's not Jace. No, it's Nissa talking. Did you watch the video? It's Nissa chilling and talking in the background, talking about... uh, I didn't watch it with sound. I didn't know if sound was going to bleed over into what you were talking about. No, no, it doesn't. It only bleeds over if I'm listening to it. JB, JB, yeah. Everybody out there, it's Nissa. She's talking in the background. <laughs> Read the show well, notes. What I was making is that Jace is not going to be badass enough to make landfall from this guy, okay? No. He's, just, he's a fucking wiener. 
personally, I'm kind of expecting to get like an uh, an Ixalan style Jace, you know, just kind of like making a couple like illusion creatures, not but doing anything extravagant. Braska's not here, so they can't get their freak on. Maybe it's the confirmation of Nessa's static ability that was leaked a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. The black green Nissa. The gold guard. Because she done pissed off. She's ready to fix Sendikar. She's going to Hulk out. Right? Ah. But, anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on to the next topic, we have a sneak peek at Commander Legends. We have an article on Magic the Gathering's website from Gavin Verhe. Gavin Verhe has brought to us a sneak peek at Commander Legends. In his article, he uh, goes on and says, Last year, I went on the Command Zone with Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Quay and talked about how it's the year of Commander, announcing a slew of Commander products, including Commander Collection Green and the big one, Commander Legends. While this year has been different, Definitely taking a share of twists and turns. I'm so happy that throughout this big year of Commander, the community has continued to hold its excitement for the format and these products. Even playing games against each other on webcam has proven to be huge. I highly encourage you all to check out Command Fest Online, which was this last weekend, and go play some Commander against people all around the world goes on and says any camera lets you play even just your phone check out my good morning magic video for instructions back to the article in any case these products were very exciting but the downside is that they were going they weren't going to be out for a very long time and so patiently you all have to wait or you have all waited until the time comes to talk about them until the time when you could fully learn wow until the time when you would finally get to learn just a little bit more well that time is now in today's live commander panel we dove deeper into both these products let's back that up it wasn't today it was over this last weekend they had a commander panel which they dove deeper into those well which they dove deeper into both of those products um, and what you can expect from them. And of course, share some preview cards. Not sure if there's any video of this that's online or not. Sorry if there isn't. There is. Because you can watch on replay on twitch.tv backslash channel fireball. So go ahead and watch that. Also, they have... uh, Jewel Robbins and Ari Nye as Nay Nye. Sorry, I I don't know how to say that last name, but we'll just say Jules. Jules and Ari are both on that panel along with them. Um, but less of that and more of Commander Legends and what exactly is in it. First off, with everything in here, any of the cards can be pulled from any time. In the multiverse, they give the example of Lorwyn to Alara, the Tales of the Weatherlight crew to present day, and even some far deep cuts. There's a ton there. 
Uh, Flavor-wise, mechanically, the set is not Modern Horizons, uh, but they are. Uh, but there isn't. This isn't about putting Graft on a flashback card. Don't ask. And uh, doing other weird mechanic mashups. It's not a substantial increased power level in that sense. It is mechanically much closer to what you would find in a Magic set, just with a Commander bent. For reference, there are four total non-evergreen mechanics in the main set of Commander Legends. Three returning, one new. <gasps> so yeah, that's one of the things. Is like There are new cards, and there are reprint cards. Crash that secondary market. They haven't released specifically how many cards are getting uh, reprinted and how many are new. We definitely got to be keeping a close eye on that. Uh, one other thing in here that is quoted from the article, it is a way to play limited commander. That, that's how the whole idea began. Began. That's how the whole idea began, after all. Ugh, working on words, really tough. You can play draft or sealed with it, and actually, it's a great format to play while at home. You can draft with a smaller group than eight or play sealed with friends across the internet using something like Spell Table or Discord. Or do some supreme drafting with Commander Legends with your friends. Ah, get yourself a booster box. Dr- open up the packs. Draft 18 in them. Seems like a pretty good time for them to be coming out with uh, Spell... Or uh, not Spell... Uh, commander legends and the new supreme draft format do it all up right so i think you'd need to draft more than two per pack if you're doing a supreme draft because if you're getting 18 so that would be a little over five cards now you get 36 cards still that's the thing it's, it's just that the booster oh the Booster packs are twenty cards per pack here as well. So, I'm just saying. So if you can, if you're if you're making commander decks, oh oh yeah yeah yeah, you'd have to probably do commander some draft. Takes It'd away be, with the the draft format then portion of this, Danny. Talking I'm about just, the booster packs and the drafting. I'm, oh, I suppose yeah. So for those who don't like to play the sixty card formats with these commander legends you could also do a commander draft it's kind of interesting that you get to take two cards for every pick though oh yeah that's with the the new draft format no that's with this commander legends draft was it yep. the very first little oh yeah paragraph that's I'll, crazy. It's, it's not like you know, for double masters is just the first pick. Well, no, it's every fucking pick you get to take two. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's all basically all legends. Anyways, so this article goes along and states ways that you can do different drafts, and I'll just read you the text of this, so those who don't want to read can just listen. So they go down into a brief breakdown of how this draft works. So you'll crack open your first pack, just like a normal draft. But there's one big wrinkle in this drafting here. 
for every pick of Commander Legends, you'll be taking two cards at a time. Like the two at a giant draft in Battle Bond or the first pick of Double Masters, you'll snag two cards at once per pick. Why? Well, there are a few reasons. First is part of the fun in Commander is finding cool synergy between cards. And then and this lets you look through all 20 of these cards and grab two synergetic synergetic cards together. Second, it makes the draft go a little bit faster. With 20 cards per pack, it all it with 20 cards per pack, it was taking a while and this sped up the drafting process. And third, well, we'll get there in a second. Just let's hold on for a second. Otherwise, Drafting proceeds pretty much as normal, but with more cards, obviously. Um, so after the draft, you'll need to build a sixty-card deck, much like a traditional deck of Magic is sixty cards, and the traditional da- draft is forty. Here, it's sixty to Commander's one hundred. Your deck will need a Commander that locks in its color identities for building deck for deck building. Your life total is 40, and there's commander damage, and all additional commander rules are still in play, with one exception. You can play more than one copy of a card if you draft it. The singleton rule does not apply. That is big. That's crazy. We increased the number of commons in this set from normal to help mitigate how often this comes up, but it can happen. It also stops you from making draft picks you feel sad about later. I took a second copy of the card on accident. Whoops. It's a nice quality of life rule. And because you're drafting, don't worry, there's still tons variety of in your deck. Now, there is a big challenge during the initial design of the set. People are drafting, but they would pick a legend early and get locked into those colors. Because you needed to find the right color combination. The odds of you hitting the correct two or three color legend in a future pack to even play the cards or play the colors you were drafting weren't high enough for you to speculate that you might find it. Then the team and I discovered the glue that would hold the whole thing together. The element that made drafting work. Are you ready? Monocolor partners. Whoa, partners are back. Yeah, it was perfect. You could draft a red partner and still easily find a monocolor partner of a different color to pivot into while keeping your red color alive. It's pretty, it is pretty similar to a normal draft where you will start off drafting color, then look for another color to be open. It played great. This is another reason, by the way, that picking two cards per pack is awesome. You can grab two partners at the same time. Plus, You've all asked for monocolored partners since Mechanic originally appeared in Commander 2016. Holy cow, that was four years ago already? So this was also a perfect opportunity to deliver on something that I've asked for many times. I've asked for so many times. And speaking of something I've been asked for so many times, what better way to deliver this to you than on another thing I've been asked for so many times? Banyorn Singer. Baron Sanger. Banyorn Singer. Banyorn Singer. Yes. 
they gave us some preview cards of Commander Legends here. Yup. Dude, this card is sick. Yeah, Sanger, the Dark Baron. Black, I black need four, it. 4-4 four, four Vampire Noble, legendary creature, flying. Whenever another creature dies, put two plus one plus one counters on Sanger, the Dark Baron. Whenever another player loses the game, you gain life equal to that player's life total as the turn began. And Dude, his partner. Brutal. How sick would that be with Tesa? There, yeah, no, that's that's really good with Tesa. That is really good with Tesa. How like about, I, said, I need this card. How about this? How good is that with Extinction Blood? Yeah. <laughs> An opponent right? started the turn with, uh, I don't know, like you manage like 20 life, and Exquisite Blood makes opponents lose life for the life that you gain. So, yeah, it's just like one po- opponent loses the game right then and there. You uh, you get another. You take another person for twenty, right? This needs to go in Tesa. I need to get a copy of this damn card. Little side note with this as well. There's a slight callback to that first ability of whenever a creature dies, you put two plus one plus one counters on Sanger the Dark Baron. The original Sanger back from, oh man, I can't remember the original set that it came out from because I am drawing a blank. Uh, when it came out, when a creature died, you put a plus two plus two counter on it. So little little homage to original Baron with this. But there are more cards. There are two characters that have been referred to many different times in flavor text throughout a specific set, Innistrad you set. Matt, it's a Sanger Vampire, and it's from Alpha. Oh, oh, it's original alpha. Thank you, Danny, for looking on that. For some reason, I was thinking, like, wasn't in alpha, but it is. But I'm sure that's why he's been saying, I've heard this for a long, long time. Yeah, people have been asking for it super long, and people were definitely surprised with the, uh, uh, the Eminence, Eminence Commander decks that there wasn't a singer. A vampire in that vampire deck, the the Mardu one with Edgar Markov. Mm. But enough of old cards. We have Halana and Alina, Kessage Trapper and Kessage Ranger, two cards that have been shown up in uh, flavor text for cards in Innistrad blocks. Okay, so first up we have Halana Kessage Ranger. Three generic and a green. You get a legendary human archer with reach. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. When you do, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature. And it also has partner. It's a 3-4. And that partners with Elena Kessa Trapper. Four colors, one red. Legendary human scout. On she has first strike with the ability of tap, add amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn. Again, partner. And she is a 4-3. Both these cards are super interesting, super good, and they're going to get drafted. And all the Vorthos out there, you now have your Halana and Alina cards. Yep, yep. 
So with uh, specifically drafting Commander Legends, another card was revealed to help you be able to flex yourself into certain colors that you get like late pick into the game. Uh, for that, you need a legendary creature uh, when it comes to commanders. Should say that there first. When it comes to the commanders, choosing your color identity, if you find a good card later on that's not of your current color color identity, you would be able to pick this specific card called the Prismatic Piper to help shift you into that color that you would need, that you want to splash in there for, like splash in white for something good. Dude, this thing is so cool. The fucking art's badass. Seb McKinnon, art for the win. Incept. That's why I love it so much. Goddamn. So the Prismatic Piper is a five colorless legendary creature shapeshifter. It's a 3-3. Three, three. If Prismatic Piper is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. Prismatic Piper is the chosen color. So that's how you get your splash in there for cards. Is you can part- partner this with any other partner uh, commander. And definitely, we're definitely expecting a lot more partner monocolor partner commanders. Because that was commented on as well, saying that monocolor commanders are a thing, which wasn't a thing before. It was all dual colored. And now we have monocolored. So you can really flex and stuff into there though it's unclear if we're gonna have multi-color i don't think they said anything specifically about that in this article here if there's dual colored partner commanders then you can go like three color but anyways uh, you'd think there would be i mean i don't see why there wouldn't be another card that they spoiled for us here White players rejoice. We have a new, very solid, I believe, uh, white card that helps like shore up some of the, the card draw disadvantages or land ramping disadvantages, you know? Who wants to read this one? Sure. We have been previewed to keeper of the accord three colors one white creature human soldier at the beginning of each opponent's end step if that player controls more creatures than you create a one one white soldier creature token also at the beginning of each opponent's end step if that player controls more lands than you you may search your library for a basic planes card and put it onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library it is a 3-4. There we go. Look at that. So tell me, tell me, Danny, would you be running this in your commander decks? Probably not. Mm. Okay. JB, I know you got a couple white commander decks. Maybe. Maybe. Perfect answer. You get a hold of the reason I say no is because my white is more of a splash in the one, and then the other one's... Again, sort of a splash, but not really. Very fair. Also, I, well, and your your rift deck, you you're shitting out so many tokens that you're never gonna be able to hit off the adding a soldier token. You're always gonna have more than everybody else. And the on a ramp, I have a lot of I have a, I have a, more more times than not. I have enough land to not be able to activate this exactly. Turn four. It, it, it would fit more in mine where I don't have a shit ton of ramp. Yeah, the mono the mono white decks are gonna love it. 
Um, oh, yeah. Or something that's not ramp. Burrow stacks would be okay with that as well. Yep. Imagine uh, any blue-white deck as well would not be upset because, you know, they make tokens as well. Anointed Procession is... My black-white. Yeah, Anointed Procession should be automatic in any white commander. That's obviously creating tokens. But anyway. Moving on. So the last two cards that they told us or that they showed us for these uh for the commander legend boosters we have command tower and command sphere and both those cards lead nicely into the other product collector boosters yeah whales rejoice right more collector boosters you get the extended art cards uh or as jb likes to call them the zoomed in cards Yes, because they're not extended art. They're not true extended art. They just zoom the picture in, and it's <laughs> it. It really irks me that they call it extended because it's not. Yeah, as soon as you told me that, it definitely was like whoa, a moment of seeing, you know. But not only uh, so, a lot of them are getting this uh, command tower and command sphere are one that are getting the borderless art treatment as well. Yep, and they're only found in the Collector Booster. Yep. Now, there's one more special thing with Collector Boosters that's coming. So, Commander, very well known for having legendary creatures, eh? The legendary Mm -hmm. creatures are getting a brand new foil process that Wizards is calling Foil Etched. So, there are 71 legends in this set and every legend will have this foil etched and the best way to describe it over an audio medium like podcasts is that it looks like the the name uh, that little like bar where it has the name of the card and the subtype the type of the card looks like it's actually raised with this foil etched processing and it's like um the rest of the border looks like you know like the fnm uh the fnm uh, uh, prize pack or prize cards that they give away so you know uh thirst for knowledge girl spiral drawn a blank on some other ones but you know like that yeah i mean that's what i thought of first when i looked at these was just oh they're just fancy fnm promos right but when you see it in person it looks like again that subtype and that name of the card for these legends are raised. Uh, Gavin Verhey has an amazing video that he showed on his Good Morning Magic YouTube channel where he goes over it. But it shows, like, it, it looks like it's popping out. And it's like, the the three-dimensional effects that it shows is impressive. But it's flat, 100% flat. There's no, like, edge, corner, bump, where those are. It just looks like it is. And it makes it very fancy. And uh, one of the last events that were streamed at Command Fest, Gavin Verhey was playing an event with one of the cards, which is Prosh, Sky Raider of Kerr. 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 Kerrin. Sky sure. Raider of we'll Kerrin. So yeah, the new foil, uh, foil etch process. That is an amazing thing, and it looks really good. I'm hyped to get it. Oh, uh, one last thing to top off with here. We are getting the Battle Bond lands. 
but in the enemy colors. Complete that cycle. Boom. Completed cycle. Maybe we'll get all 10, but right now the enemy colors are there. So it's uh, uh, Rejuvenating spring, Springs, which is Simic. Specter Seeding, which is Boros. Training Center, which is Izzet. We have Undergrowth Stadium, which is Golgari. And Vault of Champions, which is Orzov. Well, guys, should we talk about the last thing that they talked about at Command Fest? The sure. Commander Collection? So, the Commander Collection Green. We got the packaging and contents are revealed. So, what you're getting is a box that looks like the Spellbook Editions. That's what it reminds me of. I'd agree. It's green. Looks pretty cool. Um, in it, you're going to get Bane of Progress, Command Tower, Freilis, Llanowar's Fury, Omnath, Locus of Mana, Seedborn Muse, a sweet-looking soul ring, Sylvan Library, and a Worldly Tutor. And it looks like they also have it in the Premium Edition, which is all foil. Mm-hmm. So you can either get it in regular or foil. The premiums are WPM Premium Store exclusive. But uh, all all normal Commander collections are going to be at WPN stores specifically. Uh, it's just that... Doesn't look like there's any pricing yet, huh? Uh, correct. No pricing. Yeah. And it looks like they're going to be available exclusively at your local store beginning December 4th. Just so you still got a while, folks. Just in time before the holidays. Should we start specking on what this is going to be cost-wise? I imagine it has to be more than a spell book. I feel, uh, I, I feel it. Yeah. It's got fucking Sylvan Library and Worldly Tutor in it. Yeah, Worldly Tutor is a 30-buck card. 35? 30 bucks? Yep. Sylvan Library, depending on what edition you're picking up, is a pretty spendy card, too. Soul Ring's always like a good 3 to $5. Seedborn Muse, I think it's 7 so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think they probably put a price tag of like thirty nine, pro- probably twenty nine ninety nine, like what they did with the secret or uh, the secret layer dogs, where they had the foil non foil. So the non foil, I imagine, would be twenty nine ninety nine, and then the foil would be thirty nine ninety nine. That seems reasonable. Uh, I don't know. I could see it being. Oh fuck! Let's see. Forty nine ninety nine for the non foil. Yeah, fifty bucks for the foil. Yeah, well. Yeah, they could. Pr- I could see. I could see forty for the non, fifty for the foil. I wouldn't put it past Wizards for just because Commander is slapped on the product's name to increase the price for something like oh, this. Oh yeah, and especially since this is the year of the Commander. But overall, I'm happy with these card reprints. I mean, they weren't hard to get in the first place, but this new art because all these cards have the new art, and that Command Tower is. Very good. It has a Garuk Wildspeaker flavor text on it. It says, Absolute power is the only true authority. Anything less is a lie told by the weak. When I read that, I had a weird like connection back with Assassin's Creed for some reason. Also, their uh, their uh, rarity symbol is uh, like a forest with like a little decor behind it. Like the, the forest mana symbol with a little bit of a flare behind it. 
it looks pretty cool. I imagine they're, it's going to be the same for all the other colors when they have, you know, black, white, red, and blue. If we ever get them. Well, talking about prices, I feel like that's a good lead into the finance section, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As always, our finance section, we go off of MTG Stocks, where once a week on a Friday, they come out with an amazing article called their Weekly Winners, where they talk about a couple card prices that have moved up significantly, if they want to bring to everyone's attention. And then they also talk about some cards that have decreased in price. So let's talk about it. First up, we have Apocalypse Chime. This card has seen an almost 2,000% increase. It sounds large, but it's only $14.50. This card the other day was only like $0.75. Cents. Why? Why would it only be $0.75 cents if it saw this much of an increase? Well, the card reads, Apocalypse Chime is 2-mana artifact, has 2-mana tap, sack it, destroy all non-token permanents originally printed in the Homeland expansion. Expansion, not expansion. Expansion. They can't be regenerated. This is 100% just a uh, buyout, specifically a reserve list buyout, because as we all know, this summer has just been all for having reserve list cards just get bought and bought and bought and raised up in price again. Kind of like the guy's cradle spike. Right. Because everybody wants to pay a thousand bucks for that card. Yeah, man. If you want to flaunt your money right now, flaunt it off. But uh, one thing that was commented on this is now Apocalypse Chime makes up for uh, a higher percentage of the whole or of the Apocalypse uh, or. Apocalypse Chime makes up for a high percentage of the homeland or the uh, high percentage of the estimated value of the homeland value of the, uh, all the cards there. Before it was Didgeridoo, Didgeridoo, but now it's Apocalypse Chime. Just a little note on that. Next, we have Glitleaf Archdruid, which saw a 200% increase, now chilling at $18.98. This one is not on the reserve list, which is crazy, but it's not. It's a rare from Morningtide. Uh, Morningtide is a set that had relatively few packs open and stuff there. Uh, it's always powerful in Druid decks. Uh, before we go any further, I should probably read what uh, Glitleaf Arch Druid, Arch Druid does. It's green, green, three for a three, three elf Druid. Whenever you play a Druid spell, you may draw a card. Tap seven untapped Druids you control. Gain control of all lands target player controls. So this uh, sees some EDH play, and, you know, this is just one of those, it's, it's a strong EDH card. Druid decks are a thing. Tribal druids, are, any, any, any tribal deck is, like, seen a lot, can have the chance to have any cards like this just move up. It was, it was five bucks, six bucks, just... Just the other week. But now here we are at it just under $19. So finishing off, let's talk about Yavamaya Hollow. Another reserve list card. Ah, the reserve list. 
Who would have thought that we would actually be talking a lot about the reserve list on this podcast? Right. So it saw a 62% increase. It's now at $85. This is a legendary land that taps to add one colorless mana to your mana pool and that it has tap a green, tap Yavamaya holler, holler. Going on down to the holler. Well, we ain't got no teeth and we just sit around, drink moonshine, shoot squirrels all goddamn day long. It's time for bed. So you do that, you tap, (laughs) you regenerate target creature. This is just another reserve list price. It's it's reserve list. They're going to move up in price, though it is noted that it's dropped down uh, significantly. Not significantly. It's dropped down a bit since on Friday because uh, Friday is when this article comes up and we read it on Monday. It's uh, now at seventy nine ninety nine. You can find some online for as cheap as $61. Goddamn whippersnappers coming into my holler. And that's all the weekly winners. Check out the article. Link's in the description. But before we get there, let's talk about some cheap pickups. Oh, yeah. All right. So first up this week, we have Azusa, Lost But Seeking, the M21 print. Sitting at $7.99. Looks like it's stabilizing out. Next up, we have Oblivion Stone, the Double Masters printing, $2.99, record low and stabilizing out as well. And then we have another of my, ugh, my favorite card, <laughs> uh, Engineered Explosives, <laughs> Double Masters printing as well, sitting at $4. Please, do me a favor, do not buy this card. <laughs> it's it's not as good as it looks. <laughs> This is this is a crazy card here. Just like real talk, real quick. This card oh, like topped oh. out at like fifty plus bucks. Like uh, the Masters, Modern Masters. Like I think it had a max. Yeah, it had almost a hundred dollars at one point. It was at ninety dollars, chilling at the time of um, Core Nineteen release. Yeah, because didn't have a box topper edition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It did. Uh, and it has a masterpiece as well, and uh, the ultimate edition, uh, ultimate masters had the box topper, and the ultimate masters box topper is thirty bucks right now. The fifth dawn version is thirteen ninety four. The modern masters is nine bucks. So I mean, it, this is a modern. This is just a solid modern staple card for for everybody. You know? No, it's not. <laughs> Everybody go and ceremoniously burn your copies, please. No need for that. (laughs) (laughs) Just because everything you cost will blow, your cast will blow up with this. Shh. Don't give away my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, we got our very last card for the week. Ashiok Nightmare Muse. Theros Beyond Death. It's at $5.14, record low and trending down. I'm actually a little sad about this one. I really hope it picks up. I picked up a couple of those, and then I also picked up the... 
uh, what what are they specifically called? The 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 extended not the extended art, but like the alternate arts full borderless ones. Oh, the showcase ones. Showcase. There's the word. Oof, the showcase. Yeah, I picked up one of those and it was like twelve bucks. I'm like twelve bucks is such a good deal. And now those showcase borders are six bucks, and it's like I really hope it goes up. All right, that's that's how I felt with my Narset for my Corea too. I pulled the comic book art and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be sweet. And it's like six bucks. Like, oh, give it time. Well, at that point, it was only like thirteen. It's, I was waiting for it to go up. It's and still, it just tanked. It's still in standard. One of the things is like as soon as it moves out, then there might be some more price shifting and stuff, or unless it becomes a very vital part of new standard coming out in September with Zendikar Rising. So, well, I've got a comic book art and a foil one, so hopefully they do something. Hit up JB if you're looking for one, and then right? blow them out when it actually becomes a money card. No, no, I learned from Arrow. <laughs> That is our finance section. We have done a lot. Let's close off with deck of the week. You mean you actually remembered to put it up this week? Did I not last? You you weren't on last week. Well, I think JB just volunteered to do it. Up last week, it was submitted like what two weeks ago. <laughs> JB, no, they... I hate playing against this thing. <laughs> give give us the Wade special. The, the Nea Garbage Fire, as he no. so elegantly titled this. It is a garbage fire, but it is a very high-performing garbage fire. Okay, so I don't know the true synergies of this thing. I've played against it a couple times, but it's it's definitely a pretty solid deck. But first off, in the creature base, starting off with two Goblin Guides, two Noble Hierarchs, one Galia of the Endless Dance, one Scavenging Ooze, four Tarmogoyfs, three Goblin Rabble Masters, two Seasoned Pyromancers, two Tireless Trackers, and four Bloodbraid Elves. It's definitely a good uh, good mix of creatures in there. Those Tarmogoyfs are really fun to play against. I fucking hate them. And then we have a Planeswalker package of two Ren and Six, and a single Chandra Torture Defiance. We have a pretty rounded out spell package. We have four Lightning Bolts, two Path to Exiles, two Atarka's Command, one Boros Charm, and four Lightning Helix. Also, as a spicy little include, we have a Shrine of Burning Rage for an artifact. The land base is, a, I don't know, Pretty standard modern land base. You got two arid mesas, one copperline gorge, two basic forests, one inspiring vantage, one mountain, two plains, one raging ravine, one razor verge thicket, one sacred foundry, one stomping ground, two sunbaked canyons, one temple garden, one tranquil thicket, one treetop village, two windswept heaths, and two wooded foothills. I'm actually a little curious if we're going to be jumping into this, the include of the uh, one treetop village as compared to maybe having like a ra another raging ravine. I'm assuming it's just the activation cost to get a 3-3 is better than, uh, f you know, 
four mana with the chance to like pump it up uh, in the land base here. So Raging Ravine is a land that enters tapped, adds green or red, and then it has two green red until end of turn. Raging Ravine becomes a three three red green elemental creature with when this creature attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. It's still land. And uh, Treetop Village enters tapped. It just taps to add green. And it has green one. It becomes a three three green ape with trample till end of turn. I mean, being able to activate, yeah, speaking out loud, like being able to activate on a cheaper uh, spectrum, you know, to have a creature seems pretty, seems pretty good. A one of nice addition. Yeah, no, this deck's not fun to play against. It definitely puts up results, I tell you that. With the Shrine of the Burning Rage, there are 36 cards, there are 36 spells total that you can cast off of that, and 11 of them do not trigger not, uh, Shrine of the Burning Rage. Because there's Path of Exile, uh, Tireless Tracker, Tarmogoyf, Ooze, and Noble Hierarch. But everything else targets Shrine of Burning Rage. Which is just a nice way to like clean up the game there. And you're going to be like cycling through your deck. I be- It looks like pretty nicely with a Chandra, a Torch of Defiance, a Galia. Or Ga- yeah, Galia, the Endless Dance, if you're able to drop that. Really doesn't seem too bad. And Season Pyromancer is just becoming a super badass card in the modern format. Or just like generating cards and making bodies to help get you grind through that mid-range portion of the game. So like, it's very possible that you can draw up, uh, draw up to your Shrine of Burning Rage as like the lulzy finish there. Oh, I've definitely been killed by that thing. It sucks. Yeah, so it's pretty much that since, since you played against uh, Wade97 on this, I'm when it comes to trying to burning rage like how how good how how have you noticed the, the cycling through the the deck drawing cards is it is it pretty solid is it really just like you know season pyromancer as a way to like go through that and then like clue tokens from tireless tracker because you're able to put a good amount of lands down already uh and then you got like artarka's command that allows you to do an extra land drop it's a green red instant choose two your opponents can't gain life this turn or it deals three damage to each opponent or you may put a land from your hand and play or creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain reach until end of turn so i mean tireless tracker puts out clues draw cards sorry deviating how does it turn through its deck very carefully (laughs) he always seems to have the answer whenever he needs it like there's never any oh I wish I had this or oh I need to draw it. it's always boom 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 it's always there. Like everything works cohesively. It's crazy. Believable. I'm trying to think like you're fine with hitting anything really with uh with a blood braid elf on any point of the curve. You cast blood blood braid turn four. You hit a a goblin guide. You're not real upset about that. You hit a scavenging ooze. You hit a Galia. You're pretty happy with it at that point. Uh, there's only one thing you can't hit, and that's Chandra Torture Defiance. But you know, anything really, anything else, uh, I think you'd be a little sad, like hitting Boris Charm, I guess, off of Blood Braid Elf. That's more of like that card you want in your hand for that last resort combat trick to like save you to go in for an Alpha Strike or whatever, uh, protect your board. But 
honestly, anything with Shrine of Burning Rage, I see that in there. I'm like, okay, my interest is peaked. You have this awesome little artifact that just looks so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, non-conspicuous. I think that's the word. I don't know. I don't know my words very well, but yeah. That that's a way to like close off a game, especially in modern, because you know, like modern is a very uh understandably turn or uh, seventeen life format. Like you start with seventeen life, typically, because you know, fetch and shock right off the bat. And that three that three life gone on your opponent just closer to closing off with a shrine of burning rage. Though like you're still not sad with closing off with a Tarmogoyf or a goblin rabble master. The one thing, the one thing I think would be interesting. I don't know. I don't know what his, uh, way 97's full thought on this is, but how does something like Winota work in this deck? You have Tireless Tracker, Season Pyromancer that you can hit, as well as uh, Noble Hierarch. Like, dropping any. Yeah, I don't know. I guess really dropping down any of those off of a, a one oda trigger, not really too exciting. So yeah, much better for a blood braid. You got way better, way better results. Forget I even mentioned Winota. So this deck roughly is seven hundred dollars and or seven hundred fifty one dollars and thirty two cents in paper. You could buy it on uh, Moto for four hundred dollars with any. Any modern deck, a third of the price comes from the land. A third to two-thirds of the price, depending on. But it also uh, doesn't help that a place at a Tarmogoyf's is uh, 170 bucks. Right. And two Ren and six is 120 bucks. 123? Yep. I mean, without those... First off, without those, I don't know how well the deck will specifically function. Like, what other better two drop are you gonna have to replace Tarmogoyf with to save yourself that hundred and seventy bucks? Fiend Artisan, maybe. I mean, yeah, I would say that would be a pretty pretty okay substitute because you know, sack a Rabble Master token. Get something else, sack a pyromancer token, get some more stuff. So, you know, save yourself about how much are how much are feeding artisans right now? Twenty bucks, maybe? Somewhere between seventeen and twenty. You can get it for ten bucks. You get a playset oh, wow. for forty. <laughs> you significantly reduce the price with that alone. With uh, a fiend artisan. Wade, let us know. How would a feed artisan be in the in the budget build of this deck, replacing Tarmogoyf? And I really don't know what you do in place of Ren and Six. Would you like go into getting another Chandra Torture Defiance in there, maybe, and then put the other one towards another Galia? Let us know. This deck looks very fun. JB's played against it. I have not. It looks like it's aggressive. It hits hard. It has the ability to like keep the board clear, make a board presence super strong, having the tokens, having just a goif already is just, it's really good. And try, yeah, 
Shrine of Burning Rage, you sack that. It adds to Goyf just on itself. But I feel we talked about this deck enough. We have now made it to the end of another episode. How do y'all feel? Tired. I feel ya. Thank you guys for listening to episode number 51 of This Week in MTG. Thank you for listening to us. Y'all legendary magic folk if you made it to the end of this. <laughs> As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Uh, links in the description down below. Uh, we post there. We interact there. Discord especially. We're getting pretty good community there and to incentivize you there is an amazing story that tells you why soren is not a vampire if that piques your interest join it if you guys have questions comments concerns feedback of any kind at all hit us up on those platforms or you can also email us directly at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com uh, if you're listening to this on whatever podcasting app of your choice whether it be google play uh, apple podcasts spotify stitcher subscribe if you're able to rate a rating would be cool i think that's the first time we mentioned a rating give us a rating tell us how we're doing on there uh but subscribe so that way you don't miss whenever an episode comes up they're up every tuesday evening for my own sanity uh guys are we done? Do y'all have anything else to add to this? Nope. Oh, nope. One more thing. Keep on listening. J-Dubs. Thank you, J-Dubs, for being our sponsor. Go check them out. Links in the description below. They have great deals on uh, sealed product, and they can also help you get cards graded with, through PSA and Beckett. Boom. Done. We'll catch you guys next week. Later. See ya.